Well, we have the privilege of prayer. And indeed, it's a great privilege. It's good to see in the announcements there the, the women in the church having that focus of prayer coming up and uh, the opportunity to gather together as a body to pray. Uh, the good news we had this week is we have our another grandson, uh, and so a uh, little bard, Bard Royce. I don't know where they came up with the name, but we'll accept him. Uh, but yeah, that's my oldest son just had his fourth son. So we're, we're proud grandparents. That's why the announcement is incorrect in the bulletin. And that, that's late-breaking news. But mother and child are doing exceedingly well. Actually, she delivered five minutes after they arrived in the hospital. They didn't get a chance to hook up to anything, so mom is doing great. <laughs> so uh, that, that's a blessing. As we come to prayer, uh, you have in your bulletin not only the mission moments, but also the prayer, praise and prayer request. I did have the privilege of gathering with the elders this morning for a prayer uh, there in the conference room, and we had a little more detailed discussion and opportunity to pray. Actually, as Oswald Chambers says, prayer, prayer is the greater work that you and I can do. Because so often our when we put our hands to some things, we soil them and mess them up, mix them up. But as we approach the Lord, he then is able to give us the strength, the focus, the energy, the drive, the initiative to do his work, as opposed to sometimes our meddling. And uh, so that's why it's important to always remember to pray. The uh, hymn that we had just now, Am I a Soldier of the Cross, a Follower of the Way? Tremendous questions that are worthy of returning to. Here, Isaac Watts, brilliant hymn writer, but that self-examination that you and I have got to undergo regularly. And uh, in that verse there, he says... Uh, are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend of grace to help me on to God? Today, brothers, you have brothers and sisters in Christ who are experiencing severe and cruel treatment. North Korea, there in Iraq, other places around the globe, simply because they say, I love Jesus. And I'll follow him. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious and loving Father in heaven, you are the one from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You alone are the one perfect source of all wisdom and truth. And today, Lord, we pause to offer you our heartfelt thanksgiving and praise for your boundless goodness and grace that you've showered upon us. O oh, Lord, our heritage is good, 
and rich because of you alone. And you deserve all of our thanksgiving and praise. And Lord, we confess. We confess that we have sinned terribly against you by disobeying your word, by doing those things we ought not to have done, and by failing to do those things that you have commanded. Indeed, Lord, there is no health in us. Please forgive us of our sins and grant to us the grace to obey and to please you in all things. For in truly, Lord, you alone are the only one who can forgive sin. And for this we give you all of our praise and thanksgiving. Lord, as we have surveyed the list of those listed and the needs that we have in our individual hearts, we want to specifically pray today for Ben and Jessica Vreeland and their children as they set out for Kosovo. You, the Good Shepherd, we pray that you'll go ahead of them and open that pasture in which they are to feed, the place where they will minister. Grant them not only your presence, but grant to them also that clarity of purpose for which you are sending them. We ask, Lord, that there may be profit on the field. May they receive souls for their hire. And, Lord, we thank you that you are sending them out there to Kosovo. Lord, also for those listed in the Missionary Minute and others, we pray specifically today for the Wanamakers. Lord, you alone know the challenges that they face, not only physically with the weather, but spiritually as they encounter those who do not know you, encounter those who may hate you, Lord, and as they also are encouraged by those who love Jesus, we pray today that you'll watch over them, surround them, encourage them, and others on our list of missionaries that this church so faithfully supports. Oh God, you've blessed us each one here for a purpose, that we might radiate the love of Christ, we might communicate your truth, and we might live as unto Jesus day by day. Help us each one to be ambassadors of Christ in this dark world. And Lord, we specifically want to pray today for those of our sons and daughters, America's sons and daughters who are serving on difficult fields that are in harm's way at this moment. Surround them, encourage them, guard them about, and we pray that in your good time, you'll bring them all safely home. We pray specifically for those families who are not able to welcome home their warrior. Oh, God, surround them, undergird them with your everlasting arms. Encourage them as only you can as they go into the future. For indeed, you are the, the God who is the father to the fatherless and the husband to the window, as your word says. Today, Lord, we pray for our Commander-in-Chief. Oh, God, he desperately needs your prayer. And we pray for those who advise and give him counsel. Help them, each one, to realize that they must give an account not just to 
we the people, but they must give an account to you, Lord, for the decisions and counsels that they make. Lord, our nation is in desperate need of your redemptive touch at all levels of government. And even locally, we pray, Lord, for those who maintain the peace, the firemen, the the policemen, the others who care for us moment by moment each day. Encourage them. Help us to be an encouragement to them as well, we pray. And Lord, as our young people return to school and their teachers return to the classrooms and parents adjust to those those schedules, and as the traffic is sometimes very dangerous, we pray, Lord, that you'll watch over our little ones as they seek to receive an education. And grant wisdom and skill to those who will teach them. Lord, our nation is desperate for your truth. And we pray that we might be able to be not only living your truth, but encouraging those who teach to teach your truth. Lord, as we look forward to the ministry of your word, we are encouraged that your word is absolute It is clear, it is inerrant, and it is a true joy for those who love you. We pray that in the moments we have today to consider your truth, that you'll work in our hearts and our lives, that you'll break down those barriers that we have built, and that you'll instill in us a joy to follow closely after you. Thank you now for this privilege of worship, the privilege of prayer, and may we rejoice in all that you do in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for this people. And we pray specifically for the the servant that you will, in your good time, send here. For indeed, Lord, you're never in a hurry, but Lord, you've never been late for your children. We ask that you'll grant us the patience and the skill and the desire to wait upon you, for indeed your answer is always right. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I need to coordinate my movement here a little bit. If you'll please turn in your scriptures to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We have some very familiar verses for our consideration today. Beginning at verse 10 of chapter 6, Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God 
so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, Words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let us pray. Our gracious and loving Father, in these moments together as we meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts. Transform each one of us into the image of Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. <clears throat> well, it is a, a true joy and a privilege to be with you all again. Our relationship with you dates back to 2007 when Bonnie and I came for a missions conference. And our, a few of your faces are familiar. Uh, sadly, with his mind, names don't stick around too much, but uh, I can always remember the faces of those that were here. Uh, and thank you also for supporting our, our uh, uniformed members of this congregation and others. I know you've had that ministry to chaplains and the ministry to many, and, and it is greatly appreciated, and so I want to thank you on behalf of them. Uh, those of you who have been in service in the military, you know how sometimes it's very lonely. And it's good to get that word from home and, and on occasion to get that little box of goodies that uh, surprise you. And uh, so that's been good. The, uh, also, in looking at your bulletin, I was amazed by the number of missionaries and works that you support. Oftentimes that is a reflection of the faithfulness of you individually and as well as you as a congregation. Uh, you recognize that you are taking the gospel not only to this community, you're taking the gospel really around the world as you undergird uh, those missionaries and others that are serving. Today I'm going to speak briefly about warfare. Uh, I know a little bit about it, and some of you know a whole lot more about it than I, but this is a unique kind of warfare. And I, I begin with Martin Luther. Martin Luther had a dream one day, and he wrote it down, and here's what his dream was. Martin Luther dreamed of, on one occasion, he dreamed that the devil, Satan, sat upon his throne listening to the reports of the demons his agents that he had sent out. And he asked them about the progress they had made in opposing the truth of Christ and of destroying the souls of men. 
And he said that the, the first demonic messenger stepped forward to give his report, and he said there was, a Christ, there was a company of Christians crossing the desert, and I loosed the lions upon them, and soon the sands were strewn with their bloodied, mangled corpses. What of that, said Satan? The lions destroyed their bodies, but their souls were saved. It is their souls I'm after. The next messenger came to give his report. He said there was a group of Christian pilgrims. They were sailing through the sea on a ship. I sent a great wind against the ship and drove the ship upon the treacherous rocks. Every Christian aboard was drowned. Satan said, what of that? Their bodies were drowned in the sea, but their souls were saved. It is their souls I'm after. And then finally a third messenger came to give his report. He said, for ten years I have been trying to cast a Christian into a deep sleep. And at last I have succeeded. And with that, the corridors of hell rang with malignant triumph. You see, Martin has shared that with us for a purpose, and that is we forget sometimes that Satan does not rest. His minions of demons do not rest. You see, Jesus Christ wants you and me to know for certain that he and his followers are at war with the satanic powers of darkness. Now, you and I don't necessarily see that. There are brothers and sisters of Christ who are experiencing that right now with ISIS or ISIL or whatever they call them in Iraq. When they're confronted, deny Christ follow Islam or die. And in the news, some of the children have been beheaded and and others have been put to death. You see, Satan will not rest. And what gives him glee is when he can cause Christians to just sort of put their faith up on the shelf in the closet and kind of live a ho-hum life. Although Christ is the eternal victor over sin, death, and hell, you and I must never lose sight that the battle rages on and on. As soon as a person trusts in Jesus Christ, and takes him as their savior, Satan declares war on that person. And he seeks their destruction. So the question is, are are you ready? Are you ready for battle? We in the military always have, we call them pre-combat inspections. When you get ready to go into the battle, there's a checklist. Do I have my helmet and parts and pieces and do I have the right amount of ammunition? And as a chaplain, I don't have ammunition because I don't have a weapon, but the others make sure they got a 
good combat load. And the Apostle Paul introduces us to this by talking about the enemy. And there in verse 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Do not, do not underestimate the devious, divisive nature of Satan. One of the places he delights in causing derision and division is even in marriages, Christian marriages. He will do what he can do to drive a wedge between husband and wife. Even in Christian families, he will delight to rip them apart if he can. That's why you and I, in our marriage, in our families, in our community, need to be aware that Satan is not happy about Lake Oconee Presbyterian Church. He desires to reign and rule wherever he can because you see he's he's in he the, the death knell has been sounded when Christ was raised from the dead. The victory is his. And for this period of time, this is his last fleeting effort to try to make his mark. And in the passage we have Paul wants to remind us, since you and I, believers in Christ, are involved in this deadly conflict against the wicked evil forces, we must do three things. We must be strong, we must be fully equipped, and we must be prayerfully alert. And you have that outlined there in your uh, bulletin. The first is to be, to be strong. And in verse 10, we notice, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Earlier in the, in the epistle, the reference was made to the power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you and me. And so often we, we don't even think about that. There in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. Many times, brothers and sisters of Christ try to do it in their own strength. Oh, I can do this. This is a piece of cake. I'm gifted. I'm talented. I'm. Let me do it. Instead of saying, no, Jesus, I need your strength today. I need this to be your Activity where you get the glory and not me. We are not to rely upon our own strength, but rather to realize that all of the resources that a Christian soldier needs are drawn from Christ and his mighty power. All strength is drawn from him. 
This is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that brought them to life when they were dead in their trespasses and sins. This same power is referred to there in in Ephesians chapter 2. When you and I were dead in our trespasses and sins, He gave us new life. He forgave us of our sin. And there's no question about the adequacy of that power. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. And He delights to live through you to show the world His power. So the question is, are you and I ready for battle? We must remember that one person plus Christ is always the majority. If you are with Christ, regardless of the situation you are in, you are in the majority. Because he has all the power. He has power over those that you are struggling with. So be strong in his strength and you will be ready for battle. Secondly, we're called to be fully equipped. Now, fully equipped with God's armor, and the Christian soldier must be protected from head to foot with this panoply. I'll read it for us here. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. As Paul is describing this, he wants... he. Those of us who know the history of Ephesians, that he's writing it from prison, he most likely is chained to one of these Roman uh, guards who has all of this on him. So he's just going kind of checking off the checklist of, of not only what the guard is wearing, but saying to you and me, we have got to be dressed and prepared Similarly, and what's interesting, I, I know there are plenty of sermons about each part and piece, but one thing we need to realize is that all of these parts that are mentioned are all defensive. They're all defensive parts, except the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, also you need to notice that there's nothing to protect the soldier's back. You have a breastplate, that protects your front. And the shield protects your front. There's nothing to protect your back, which tells you and me that turning and running are not options. You and I I are not given the opportunity to say, hey, I quit, I'm running away, I've had enough. But rather to say, no, Stand firm in the power of Christ. Fight on. Fight that good fight of the faith. So we are called to get properly dressed and to take our 
take our stand against the devil's schemes so that we can stand our ground in the day of evil. And you never know when that's going to be. Never know when that's going to be. Sometimes our courts turn on us in things that we think are not biblically correct. Sometimes our communities turn on us. Sometimes our neighbors might turn on us. You never know what that day of evil will be. But we're called to stand in the Lord's strength and to be fully equipped. Which brings us, lastly, to be prayerfully alert. I appreciate the emphasis that this church gives on prayer. Prayer is something we talk a lot about. But oftentimes in many churches they do very little about. Uh, They may have a prayer list, but then you don't find people spending time either individually or corporately in praying. But we're called to pray for all the saints constantly and pray for your spiritual leaders, pray for your pastor, pray for those elders who've been entrusted with leadership of the flock. uh, I once had a missionary that when he was asked, how can we pray for you? Sometimes we ask our missionaries, well, how can we pray for you? And this missionary simply said this, that whenever you and I experience a setback or a hardship or a struggle in our own life, and as we're praying for that, to at the same time pray for that missionary. Because if it's a struggle in their marriage, in your marriage, it may be a struggle in their marriage. Or if they're having difficulty with their children, with, with our children, they may be having a struggle with their children. Or when we're having financial setbacks, I will almost guarantee you the missionaries are facing that challenge. That we need to ask God to give us his strength and to give them his strength and deliverance and at the same time pray for them and for their support. The chances are missionaries are undergoing that similar struggle at the same time. And as members of the body of Christ, Satan delights in efforts to hurt, to harass, to harm as many Christian soldiers as possible. We need to be aware Now, we don't need to be spooky about it. We just need to be aware that that is what is going on at this time. Wherever the inroads of the gospel are going, Satan is going to do his best to fight against it. Unless, what does he do if he can kind of quiet them down, kind of coddle them a little bit, make life easy for them? As Martin Luther said, Satan and his minions feel like they've won. Because they'll never be able to take away your salvation. But they can take away your effectiveness in the kingdom. Also, whenever the word of God is being preached, pray for the person who's delivering the message. Pray for your Sunday school teachers. Pray for those in charge of children's ministry. Pray for your pastor and whoever is here as supply. Remember that the sword of the Spirit The Word of God is the only offensive weapon that is given to you and me. In order to wield it boldly and incisively, we're called to pray. Now Spurgeon, Spurgeon 
when he was once asked, how are you able to preach so powerful, powerfully, clearly, and communicate God's truth? He simply said, there are over 500 believers in the basement of this church who are praying for me at this moment while I'm delivering the message. Spurgeon would say, I'm but a man. But he is everything. He, by his spirit, can give me clarity to communicate his truth. He can give me the power to preach. But I am undergirded with prayer from those in the basement. As one writer has put it, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. Satan trembles when you and I go to the Lord in prayer because he knows God answers prayer. Our problem is we so often, that's our last resort instead of our first resort in our walk of faith. So the question is, are you and I ready for battle? We're to be strong, we're to be fully equipped, and we're to be prayerfully alert. If you know and love Jesus and desire to follow him, you have entered the fray. You didn't have any choice about that. You are at war against the evil forces. But again, again, remind you, the only offensive weapon is the Word of God. The Lord, by His Spirit, through His Word, can overpower any enemy, can slay the wicked, and in His good time, bring us home. You see, Satan desires to beat you and me about, to discourage us, to distract us, and to eventually destroy us. You see, the ghoulish glee resounds in the catacombs of hell whenever believers can be kind of quieted and just sort of put on the shelf, put their faith in the back room instead of living for Christ. The pity, and you and I have seen it, is when brothers and sisters in Christ just sort of fade away. They no longer want to step forward. They no longer want to say, I'm committed to Christ. And if they were confronted like our brothers and sisters there in Iraq and other places, deny Christ or die, some of our brothers and sisters may say, well, I want to go along, get along. Instead of saying, oh, Jesus, you went to Calvary's cross. You died the death that I deserved, that I might have the life that you have given to me, all because of your blood shed on behalf of sinners. Oh, the great love you've shown me. 
How dare I? How dare I deny the one who loved me and lives for me and prays for me right now? That's the ministry of Christ as the King of Heaven at the right hand of the Father. He is praying. He has the ministry of intercession. He's praying for you and me, his children, even at this moment. Let us pray. Our gracious, loving, loving Lord Jesus, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you that your word is true. We pray that we'll accept the challenge from your scripture to rely upon you and your strength, to be fully girded about with your truth, and to be ready at all times to give an account of the hope that we have within. Lord, lead and guide us. Help us to be a praying people who go to you first of all in prayer rather than last of all fretting and praying. Lord, bless these people. Bless our time together and may this week be an opportunity to live for Christ in all we do. We ask this in his precious name. Amen.